As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Afternoon, Chief. How about them Tennessee balls, huh? They gonna go all the way this year, aren't they? I don't give a dog about no Tennessee balls. You mean you're not rooting for the balls? Hog root. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Sam! Touchdown, Missouri. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is the sports editor for the Breitbart News and potential cabinet member, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not joining us today is Brian Goers, who is skipping the show to attend a ladies' brunch. Yep. He is. So, not uh, even, he's not even ill. Priorities, priorities. Yeah, that's right. Well, the Tigers uh, faced the Tennessee Volunteers on the road in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, I guess to nobody's real surprise, uh, Missouri ended up losing 63-37. to But I it think, was an interesting game. Yeah, I think the real surprise was how we lost, not so much that we lost. And yeah. so we were very competitive in the first half, giving Tiger fans everywhere some hope. Mm-hmm. They as have so many times this season, they crushed that hope like a small, small bug in their hand. Hmm. And uh, we all were sent uh, home crying. It was really interesting. I think we had 740 yards of offense against a very, very bad Tennessee defense. And uh, really 37 points for 740 yards. That's not a lot. I mean, we could have easily scored <laughs> no, a lot more. We left points on the board in a lot of ways. Uh, as we do, as we have done all season long, obviously our kicking game was somewhat inept. We missed a extra point early, as we're apt to do. Yep. We didn't attempt a pretty easy field goal because of fear of our kicking game, so there were four points right there. Yeah, I I did not agree with the decision not to kick, and I know that our kicking game has been been awful, but uh, whether you're in a shooting slump as a basketball player or a kicking slump as a kicker, there's only one way to get out of it, and that's just to keep shooting or keep kicking until you you break through and I just felt like that was a bad decision especially considering it was like third and 16 I mean it wasn't like we were dealing with a third and short or fourth fourth and short or whatever the case may be you know it was an incredible long shot to get that done and no more than a long shot than maybe kicking a field goal for us but I just thought that was a, a poor decision ultimately I think people can make a compelling argument that it was a good decision but I wasn't I was against it it was interesting because there was a lot of talk during the week whether Odom would entirely abandon the kicking game altogether and just consider all offensive possessions four down territory. And then, you know, after that first extra point was missed, I think that's what his mindset was. But then he got himself immediately into a really 
you know, particularly difficult situation where it's like, okay, we're close to the end zone. So maybe it should be four down territory. But then after the penalty and it was fourth and 17, you got to sort of rethink that because yeah. you're, you're playing odds essentially. And mm-hmm. the odds of making a field goal are obviously lower than most teams, but making it on fourth and 17, that's almost, uh, that's non-existent. Listen, the kids had the yips, you know, nobody's arguing that, but he is, he's a scholarship player, a freshman scholarship athlete who was a, uh, you know, by some accounts, the most highly regarded kicker in the nation. I mean, at some point, you're just going to have to suffer through with this kid. Mm-hmm. You gave him the scholarship. It's not like this kick or this game was going to make or break your season. At this point, some of what you're doing, I feel like, is player development for the future because there's certainly nothing to be gained from this season ultimately. So, you know, I feel like not kicking that kick doesn't help your situation down the road. It certainly doesn't instill any confidence in this kicker that it looks like will be your kicker for the next, you know, possibly three years. So, mm-hmm. I just didn't like the decision ultimately, but there was, it was not, it was not the difference in this game. Ultimately. No, but I mean, I think that, you know, when you're at fourth and very long, the odds of making a touchdown, they're almost gone now. If you go for it, you're coming away with zero points. If you kick it, you could get three or you could get zero points. And so, you know, it. we were looking at, do you want three points or not? And we decided ultimately we didn't. I mean, because it was you're putting Tennessee in, in not that great a field well, position. And our so. third down, fourth down, whichever we're going to call it, third down, fourth down efficiency, it's not like it's been – we've been rock stars. We've been terrible at that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't feel like there was any better chance that we would get a, convert a first down or, God forbid, score a touchdown. No. You know what I mean? It's, it's, but that was, that was a small problem. That was the talk of the game, I guess, early on because it did put us down. We were trading touchdowns with Tennessee. Of course, we were down by one every opportunity that we could have been tied because of the missed extra point. But uh, we kept scoring. We kept, you know, the defense didn't look as terrible at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't doing great, and mostly the problem would be long passes by Dobbs early, and then long. Well, runs the first by one Dobbs by late. Dobbs was a fifty-fifty ball that Arian Pinton just got turned around and fell down. Mm-hmm. It was a lollipop lobbed up into the air. It reminded me of the Cam Newton pass that Eric Berry had intercepted in a Chiefs game the week before. If any of you are Chiefs fans out there, I mean, it was not a accurate pass. It was a fucking lollipop that. Pinn just got turned around and, and mm-hmm. ultimately fell down and failed. Dobbs was getting hit right in the chops by uh, Chuck Harris during the throw. Um, that 50-50 ball for the last three games has been – it's not a 50-50 ball. It's a 100% chance your team's going to catch it ball because our uh, defensive backs have not been able to be uh, competitive for those balls in the air. Yeah, the secondary has not looked good the last couple of weeks. I mean, they've been – Somewhat of a disappointment all season long, but the def- defense in general has been such a disappointment that it's not been the highlight problem on that side of the ball. But it certainly didn't help us early in this game. The, the, it wasn't the pass in the second half. It was the, it was the scrambles by Dobbs that would turn into 70-yard rushes for touchdowns. The biggest story for our offense in this game was Demario Crockett is some sort of superhuman beast mm-hmm. that was made to run from the football, touched by the hand of God. And uh, he is a fucking man-child. Set the uh, Mizzou's all-time freshman rushing record. Mm-hmm. Took that away from Brad Smith. Went At the beginning of the thousand. game, they were saying, man, if he'll just average 100 yards for the next two games, he'll <laughs> have this record. Well, he did it in one game. He had 225 yards and was just unstoppable. I think his car- yards per carry average was seven or nine, something crazy high. You know, the Missouri had an offensive game that was great, really. I mean, tons of yards, not as many points as you would like, but... Ultimately, it gives you hope in the future. I mean, this offense, you know, if it continues to grow with Demario Crockett and, and Drew Locke, there are things to be happy about. But unless you fix this defense, it's going to be ugly. 
Yeah, if you can't win with 37 points and over 700 yards of offense, you're not going to win a lot of football games. And and we have, I think credit has to be given as well to the offensive line because even Ish Witter went over, I think, 140, 150 yards. Yeah, I think in the early on in the season, we looked at this offensive line and looked like they were kind of uh, running the offense to in spite of them. We weren't running the ball very well. We were a lot of quick passes trying to let these guys find their feet. But there's no question these guys have found their feet. They had their way with Tennessee. And I just want to let fans know, Tennessee is the only team – in Division One college football that has experienced injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that right. is the reason that Mizzou um, <laughs> scored so many points because I that bullshit that just was espoused by not just their fans, but by their writers. Uh, that VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Covering their beat, that Tennessee's woes have been... Uh, completely the fault of injury. It's like, fuck that. Well, We're missing Terry Beckner Jr. and our, you know, Michael Shearer. Michael Shearer. I mean, every team is dealing with injuries. I'm, you know, you coach through those. That's what good coaches do. They find a way. Nobody, I can make a compelling argument to me that Butch Jones is a good coach. So, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and by the way, you didn't win the East yet again. That's right. Florida beat LSU in a real interesting game. And that's another talk about injuries and how you you just have to discount that because every team experiences injuries. And I think there was a lot of talk about Florida. I think nine starters were missing against LSU going into that game, and they still won. So I think that eradicates any sort of talk about injuries make you inept at football, and then you should forgive them because of it. Because Florida had injuries, and they, they still managed to find a way to play well. I think it was our friend Seth Marinbloom on Twitter who tweeted out that uh, since Butch Jones has become the coach for Tennessee, both Missouri and Florida have won the East twice. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, Tennessee. And I, I I don't see as much vitriol on t- at least Twitter uh, towards Bush Jones as I would think there would have yeah. to be. With the expectations that Tennessee fans, fans seem to carry around, they seem to be endlessly forgiving of this man yeah. in a lot of ways. It, it was interesting because after it was announced that Florida had beaten LSU and that they were going to take the East, that I, I kind of wondered if Tennessee would let down. I mean, obviously, a lot of the fans in Neyland Stadium left after that. Mm-hmm. They just kept showing on the on the uh, television all the fans that were checking their phone and looking to yeah. see that the, yeah. the Florida had won it. Uh, yeah, you didn't get to back your way into a SEC championship, <laughs> Tennessee. Sorry. And then Butch Jones in the halftime uh, interview said that he was not aware of uh, Florida winning that game not. until they until the reporter told him, which is a total lie. Yeah. He was absolutely aware of it. He yeah. was completely lying to all of our faces. Well, football doesn't work out for him. He certainly has a, a future in politics. <laughs> the uh, the story of this game really wasn't the first half. Missouri traded punches with uh, Tennessee, and it was impressive, especially in the running game. The second half, uh, the wheels came off. I was As I watched this game, we come out, we got the ball, great. We've been scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Locke throws a... Terrible interception. Just did not see the the middle linebacker backing up into coverage. Obviously didn't see him. Right. 
He um, couldn't have. He would have yeah. never thrown that ball <laughs> ever. And uh, so they get an interception, a quick and easy score. I'm not going. I'm not saying I forgive that, but I'm saying okay, that happens. You know, a young quarterback is going to uh, make an interception. It's it's not. It's conceivable to throw one interception a game, even mm-hmm. a bad one. If the timing is unfortunate, obviously, but. From that point on, this is this is to me is one gut punch after another. The Brendan, you've brought up how they never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. So from that point forward, it goes like this. On their second offensive possession, Jamon Moore has a drop to convert a first down. Mm-hmm. This puts Odom in a situation where he goes for it on fourth and two at the 40. Yep. So if we don't make it. You're giving him a really short field with a defense that has been unable to stop them. So first off, fuck you, Jamon Moore, for dropping the ball all the time, always. He drops that ball. Odom decides to go for it on fourth and short. Does not make it. Well, let's talk about how they don't make it because it was not a great play call, if you ask me. I think it wasn't that the quarterback option, the read option play. Yeah, so a bad play call, bad decision to go for it on fourth and two, Brennan. I mean, Drew Locke is one of the best punters in the nation. Uh Uh-huh. That you, your defense has been unable to stop. Why That's right. Our, a kicking, short field? our kicking game problem hasn't been in the punting realm. It has been in the kicking game yeah. or in the field goal realm. Yeah. So, you know, that's not what we're trying to work around. And I, I just want to point out that Drew Locke has been terrible read option quarterback. Well, he does. He runs completely sideways. I mean, part of the, what you're trying to do with that read option is you're, you run sideways, but you also run towards the line of scrimmage to make them at least believe there's a chance you might go. I mean, he mm-hmm. literally just runs sideways and then pitches the ball to the to the running back. I mean, there really is no inherent threat that Drew Locke's going to run it. And if there even is a threat in the defender's mind, it's not a threat that he's worried about. No, because Drew Locke apparently plays a game on roller skates at the time. <laughs> yeah. He falls down. Then, uh, the, of course, they get the ball back on a short field. De- Mizzou making a decent defensive stand. 12 men on the field. Yes. Penalty. Uh, stabs us right in the butt. Continues that drive, makes miserable, miserable, miserable. I think uh, Josh Dobbs scores like two plays later. Two plays later, Josh Dobbs takes off two missed tackles by uh, Harris and Newsom, two miserable missed tackles, and he runs for a touchdown. So we've got a terrible co- a drop, a terrible coaching decision, 12 men on the field penalty, and two missed tackles by two of your most experienced and best defensive players, Dobbs TD. The next series on a first and goal, Blanton drops a pass that would have either been a first down or a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's at the very least, it's a uh, it's a uh, keeps the drive alive. Keeps the drive alive. First and goal. Uh, he drops that pass on the next series. They uh, kick a field goal that is made. Shockingly enough, but take the points off the board should have been a touchdown. And then on the very next offensive play for Tennessee, Wilson number eight misses a fucking tackle on Dobbs. And I don't know if you can say a missed tackle when they don't even lay a glove on a player, mm-hmm. but just the most pathetic tackle attempt I have ever seen. Ever. He looked like me trying to tackle Josh Dobbs, mm-hmm. and that is not pretty. And uh, Josh Dobbs runs for yet another touchdown. The next series, we go three and out. So this is the this is all in the third quarter. So and that's I'm like I said I'm taking Drew Locke's interception out of that. We've got a Jamon Moore drop on third on third down. We got a poor decision on fourth and two. Give them a short field. A twelve man on the field penalty. Two missed tackles for a TD by two of our best defenders. A drop for a, a touchdown and another missed tackle for a TD and a three and out. That is on consecutive series, one after the other. I mean, it's just, you you could have these things happen, sprinkled throughout a game and maybe survive them, but you can't do them just back to back to back to back. It was just un 
real. I was, I was just so frustrated. I couldn't believe what I was watching. The discipline on this team, the mistakes that we continue to make that are the 12 men on the field penalty, which just, this is a second one. We did it against Georgia too mm-hmm. on, a, on a third and two or a fourth and two or third and two. And, and you just think, good God, these are just basic fucking spring ball practice things that you should have worked out by late November, for Christ's sakes. In a game like this where you're just trading haymakers, you can't give them extra possessions. You can't give them extra opportunities because you can't stop them. And that's what we did. We, Josh Dobbs runs for two touchdowns on consecutive offensive series for Tennessee because we make boneheaded mistakes. And the only hope for Mizzou fans is that because this team is young and you know maybe things will get better, that you wouldn't make these comedy of errors back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back in seasons to come. Mm-hmm. But you don't win this game on an away stadium doing that. You don't win that game anywhere doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just... Well, and, and, and it's just that's just one important phase of the game where we let it get out of hand. But I mean, but that's there was, where the game got away from us. Right. But I, I mean, I just want to talk. The mistakes weren't isolated to that phase. There was the, I think, early in the game, Jamon Moore dropped a sure touchdown pass in his bread basket. The only just, reason I, I would, I, I wash that one a little bit, it doesn't make up the fact that he yet dropped another pass, is that we did end up scoring on that possession. We Crockett, did. We two did. plays later, runs it in for a touchdown. Right. But that, but that was just a classic example of how we have to make up that play because yep. thankfully we do have a, a Demaria Crockett because it was a sure touchdown. It would have been a beautiful touchdown. And, a, you know, one of those things where they kept talking about, well, the, you know, Missouri's receivers keep getting out in front of the Tennessee secondary. It's going to burn them eventually. And it did once. Mason had a great catch that he uh, put into the end zone because unlike some of our other receivers, Jamon Moore, when he got within the five, he didn't immediately fumble it into the end zone. <laughs> well, and something else that our players don't seem to want to do is lay out for a ball. Mm. Like they just, I mean, it's alligator arms. It's like if, I mean, it's not your bread basket. They just kind of throw their hands up in the air. Like, They're like, oh, that's a yard and a half too far. <laughs> yeah. That's on you, quarterback. The uh, And let's not undercut the fact that. Drew Locke didn't have a very good game. No, He's been he very much nice. overthrowing people or yep. underthrowing people, and uh, he he wasn't helping himself out in a lot of ways. He but he does this thing where he throws that great pass to Mason, where you think, "Oh, look at that kid! He's got all kinds of." And talent. he hit but Johnson he, with a great pass too. Now Johnson kind of stumbled, bumbled, and, and ended up uh, going down at like the you know six or seven yard line. But uh-huh. that should have been a touchdown if Johnson keeps his feet. Another good ball. Yeah, you know he does things. One play, he looks like everything we hoped he would be. And the next play, he overthrows a wide-open receiver, and you go, ugh. And you hope that's just age. You hope yeah. that's just inexperience. It's just that he will tune in as he gets older. The difference between him and Matty Mock was that Matty Mock, you never had any hope that he was going to do anything positive. Drew Locke. <laughs> Drew, Drew Locke. <laughs> well, maybe just, no, you're not cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Drew Locke, it's consistency. I mean, early in the game, he had a really nice, well-placed ball to Culkin for mm-hmm. a first down. Yep. Late in the game, he tried that exact same play. He threw it low, and it was picked off mm-hmm. uh, for a pick six, I believe. And, you know, it was it was just he can't consistently make those great plays. And, you know, the Missouri receivers, they, they're just as inconsistent. And so now you have to wait for two inconsistent players to be, to do the right thing at the same time. Well, as hard as everybody is on Tucker McCann and rightly so, I mean, everybody should be that hard on Jamon Moore because he is – he his ability to catch the football and make plays on the field is every bit as suspect as Tucker McCann's kicking. Mm-hmm. I wasn't keeping, I wasn't writing it down, but I'm on the top of my, off the top of my head. I can count five drops and you know one fumble. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, two of those drops were for for third down conversions. Mm-hmm. The the kid at some point has got to be taken off the field. I understand that from a you know just in a vacuum bubble. 
he's probably one of your most talented receivers, if not the most talented physically. You know, he's a physical specimen, you know, and he's impressive. And you want him to get better because he has the ability to do some great things if he gets his head right. But at some point, you've got to let this kid know that this is unacceptable. Yeah. This is unacceptable. This is Division One football. You cannot be a 50-50 option whether or not you're going to catch the ball. If not, you know, hey, we always use more defensive backs because he's no, nobody's better at on our team of knocking the ball out of the air than fucking Jamon Moore. Yeah. Well, I think part of that comes to, you know, you need the Johnsons, the Masons, the Halls to put give him some competition to be that number one guy that, that Locke looks to because we keep relying on Moore to make a big play, and he well, never does. And he's a bigger receiver than both. Johnson and, and Mason are both small guys, and I think that's, you know, you got you want to have a bigger target out there. I mean, it's it's hard to make yep. your bones when you're throwing to six foot or under wide receivers. Okay. All of our other receivers who have talent seem to be slot receivers right now. There are a couple younger guys who are really tall that maybe we'll see more time as uh, we get into it. We got um, another year of looking at more in this shit. Hopefully not. Well, but. hopefully, like you know, Drew Locke, he will find consistency as he ages. I mean. Again, with the offense, there are things, signs to be... I mean, I saw Strong run tonight, and Strong looks fast for mm-hmm. as big a guy as he is. It makes you... I mean, there were some times where he got a little... Tried to get cute in the backfield because uh-huh. he was... There was well, no but, holes. But the offensive line had collapsed pretty hard yeah, on him, so and, he didn't uh, have But he looked good. I mean, yeah. he, I think... Well, but to be fair, every running back looked good tonight. <laughs> yeah, even Tennessee. this winter, yeah. But, I mean, I think what impressed me is, like, when he, he's, look, he's as big as Crockett... Mm-hmm. And he looked faster than Crockett. Now, I'm not in any way saying he's a better running back than Crockett because Crockett's a fucking man-child. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it. I was like, man, these two could be a massive two-headed monster. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what Drew Locke needs. I mean, he's obviously got a lot of arm talent, but if if you maybe he's more of a game manager mm-hmm. <laughs> with a stout running game, well, that, that'd be great. I'll take it. You know, and then you got Blanton who made an awful drop tonight, goddammit, but he looks like a 6'6", yeah. terrifically talented tight end. Most of the time he doesn't make that drop. Yeah, you know, you've got some decent wide receivers. The offense, to me, is not the problem here. I mean, Drew Locke's obviously got consistency issues, but the defense is the problem. It's, yeah. without question, is the problem. It's hard to wrap your head around because the head coach is your former defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for a defense that was absolutely wonderful. You know, I've, you know, even Odom obviously has admitted that the, the other scheme was a mistake. If he hasn't said it in words, he obviously said it in, by ch- completely changing the scheme and de- basically demoting his defensive coordinator. Something else I heard this week was um, on the radio was the, the presentation that you know, for a while Odom was kind of covering DeMonte Cross's butt saying, hell, this is a change I wanted to make, just didn't have time. But we made it, and it didn't work, this this gap-fill defense. And I feel like that was covering for DeMonte a little bit, taking it, you know, hey, this is my idea, and DeMonte's mm-hmm. just initializing it. Uh, I heard this week that that narrative sort of being changed out there in the press and that <laughs> I hired DeMonte, and he convinced me that this was the way to go, and I let him do it. And so rather than it being Odom's idea, now it was just Odom was – Accepted it. Yeah, accepted it or was duped into it, <laughs> so to speak. So, which was, is another indication that maybe DeMonte Cross's uh, home is for sale. If anybody in the Columbia area is looking for a nice home, I'm sure mm-hmm. DeMonte's is very nice. If we have any realtors uh, yeah. listening, yeah. You know, got, a, got one that you could put on the market. I guess if there's an upside uh, for Mizzou fans who are sick of looking at Josh Jobs and his eyebrowless face, this is the last time Mizzou will have to face the Tennessee quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Colin, because, uh, you know, I was down there in Knoxville and I actually had an opportunity to interview Josh Dobbs' mom. Really? Well, I saw this, like... You, you know, got back quick. Well, I, yeah, I did. I, I, but I saw this mucusy like, pod that was attached to Neyland Stadium on the outside. Yeah. And I went in and Josh Dobbs' mother was in there. And mm-hmm. so I got this exclusive interview. Oh, so, let's hear that. Okay. 
I'm joined now by, if I'm reading this right, Rimulak 7, mother of Joshua Dobbs, who's, of course, in Tennessee for uh, senior night. Thanks for joining us, Rimulak. It is my pleasure to join you. So, Joshua Dobbs' career at Tennessee is coming to a close, and you must be very proud of your son. Of course, Zorbach has done a terrific job on his four-year mission. Zorbach? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I mean Joshua. Joshua is his human name. Human name? Yes, yes. Human name. All humans have names, and Joshua is his. Oh, okay, well... Josh Dobbs had a uh, terrific night tonight. He's a, he's an incredibly talented athlete, and he had it on full display in this final senior night. Uh, what are your thoughts about what he's been able to do at his time with the Tennessee Volunteers? Josh has had a fantastic four-year mission. He has done a great deal of studying the human race, their social customs, in preparation for our imminent invasion as well as leading the Tennessee Volunteers to a successful football season. Did you just say imminent invasion? No, of course not. You must have heard me say he has spent time studying the remedial courses offered at the University of Tennessee. He has certainly taken no part in the collection of information about humans in an effort to prepare us for an imminent invasion, capture, and enslavement of your people. That would never be a thing, I would say. Okay, well, I'm just going to move on. Uh, Joshua Dobbs certainly ran all over the Tigers tonight, and he was a key factor in their big win. They put up 63 points on Mizzou in an effort to win. Even though they didn't win the SEC East, you still really had to like what you saw out of Joshua. Yes, Joshua has displayed many great skills of speed and elusiveness, skills that are excellent on the football field. They also translate well into the ability to capture leaders of human race in an effort to dismantle their social structures and governmental organizations. Good lord, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. Moving on, uh, I guess, uh, what are your expectations for Joshua moving forward after after his time in college? And Joshua will have an excellent experience within the NFL. Of course, this is the Nebula 5 League, the association of the fifth Nebula planets, whose continuing mission is to colonize planets, copulate with the eye sockets of their inhabitants and implant our genetic clone <laughs> eggs into their skulls. Oh my god, that's that's awful. <laughs> yes, but not nearly as awful as his performance would be in the National Football League. Well, I guess you have me there. Alright, this has been Remulac 7, uh, Joshua Dobbs' mother. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Resistance is futile. Well, there you have it, Colin. That's exactly what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Oh, my, yes. Yeah. Well, proud mother. Yep, yeah, watch your eye sockets. <laughs> so pretty much what I expected, too, but it was good to have that, uh, that special interview opportunity. So we'll take a, take a short break. We'll be back with some Kansas news. This is the Mazadcast. Stop! 
stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. The biggest disaster in Colombia since the fifth down game, the Mazad cast. We got a little surprise for you. Uh, Brian was able to finish his ladies' brunch and uh, join us for the remainder of the program. So uh, welcome aboard, Brian. Great to be here. So uh, I think we'll jump right into Kansas news. I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. All right, we got some good Kansas news for you today. Our first story. Kansas woman pleads guilty to managing multi-state prostitution ring. Rachel Flanagan, age 34, of Topeka, pleaded guilty Tuesday to participation in a multi-state sex trafficking business that at times employed as many as 20 sex workers, including at least one minor, according to U.S. Attorney Tom Beal, who I seem to recall from other... Tom Beal keeps busy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of work on his hands in Kansas. Flanagan started as a prostitute in 2008, but by 2010, she had worked her way up to managing the businesses of Frank Boswell, a 42-year-old well, man from Topeka. And that's a that's a, that's a... That's an accomplishment because, as we all know, pimping ain't easy. Yeah, yeah. And times are tough in Kansas. I mean, yeah. the, that Brownback administration, you know. Given the economic that, woes, that's what she's I'm an saying. entrepreneur. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, and, and job creator. This I, is what this is what Brownback was hoping for. This when is what Trump is asking all for. Those tax job creation. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's right. And you know, prostitution was never a sort of employment opportunity that I thought had a lot of promotion opportunities. But mm-hmm. I was wrong. You were wrong. Yeah. But so, Brennan. As I said before, it's not. It just doesn't happen that often because, again, pimping isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she bucked the trend. Boswell, also known as Franco, is also awaiting trial. Boswell was referred to as the pimp or Mac in the organization. Mm. He ran a cl- he ran a nightclub called Club Magic in Lawrence. And also Magic Lawn Care in Topeka. <laughs> magic is a key part of his yeah, business. I'll cut your grass and get you a hand job. Oh, it sounds like a deal. <laughs> it was on. It was. It was on. It was the. Uh, Logo underneath the uh, sign on the trucks that show up your house to cut grass. <laughs> I could use my leaves raked in you know, a hand job. Uh, Boswell said to have recruited women from homeless shelters who needed money. Who'd have thought people in homeless shelters needed money? Uh, Flanagan managed the business operations for Boswell, including Club Magic, according to the indictment. She booked the travel, posted advertisements, tracked payment of expenses such as housing and income, and fielded customer calls. This she might be an eligible candidate for the uh, Trump administration cabinet. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a go-getter. Yeah. I can see transportation. She knows business. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. business. Yeah. Secretary, Secretary HUD or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She also recruited new members, trained them, and sometimes took their photographs. Michaela Hekina, also known as Samantha Fox mm. or Natasha, mm. another alleged... Samantha Foxes, but she should just go with that permanently. Yeah, just get yeah. that changed. Yeah. Another alleged member of the group is accused of recruiting at least one person under 18 years of age training the girl, and transporting her across the Training the girl. (laughs) This is what you do with a cock. Watch carefully. (laughs) And she transported her across state lines to engage in sex work. Sean Hall, also known as Chef, 
is accused of doing the IT work, including posting <laughs> websites. <laughs> the IT work, huh? Everybody's an IT director. Including posting website advertisements, online reviews, in addition to at one time managing Club Magic. Uh, Brian, we're always looking for promotional mm-hmm. for this podcast. Perhaps yeah. we should... I think a whorehouse IT guy would be really <laughs> yeah. helpful for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's basically the same job. Assuming mm-hmm. he's not in jail and uh, mm-hmm. you know, unavailable at the well, moment. Well, read on, Brendan. Maybe he's yeah. still available. Yeah. Andre Roenke, also known as Dre, was the enforcer to keep commercial sex workers in Boswell's prostitution organization under control. Mm-hmm. Flanagan pleaded guilty to three prostitution-related charges, each of which carries a possible penalty of up to five years in federal prison and $250,000 in fines. So, there you go. That's just... Uh, Quite a little operation they had going against possibly 20 employees. That has to be yeah. second only to the Prairie Dog Meat Rendering Plant, the highest employee. A typical Kansas, you know, the economic is a, economically is a disaster, and then they shut down one of their most prevalent and uh, successful businesses. How are they going to get any tax revenue? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. All right, next story. Shoplifting woman who set fires as a diversion faces federal charges. Sure. She set fire to three grocery stores to divert attention away from her shoplifting. Now she's facing federal <laughs> charges. U.S. Attorney Tom Beal. That's what we call the old bank. <laughs> really, he does. Is he the only U.S. Attorney in Kansas? <laughs> they certainly need more. Because no one else will take, the, take any of the openings? He said, Tamika Henson, age 40, is facing three counts of arson for starting fires in aisles of three Kansas grocery stores on November 5th so she could leave with stolen food during the confusion. Thefts and fires occurred over a roughly three-hour period at two Save-A-Lots and a Happy Foods while customers and employees were inside, according to Beal and court records. An affidavit filed with criminal complaints says Henson ignited products in the store shelves, such as a tissue box and, in at least one case, toilet paper. And it was, while the inventory would catch fire at one of the stores, she wheeled a cart full of groceries out of the parking lot into a white car loaded with loot in the back seat, got in, and the driver took off. She walked out empty-handed in two other stores. Henson told authorities who questioned her that the plan was to steal high-priced meats from the store and then sell them for cash. Mm-hmm. Because those things keep for yeah. so long. Yep. That, you know. Meat sweats. Prairie dog meat. Mm-hmm. Any chance? She also said another person involved in the scheme promised to give her Xanax for her shoplifting goods. Yeah. Surveillance cameras at the store caught her on film. Oh, surveillance cameras. Oh, dang it. We always forget about those. uh If convicted, Henson could be put in federal prison for five to 20 years on each count. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tom is just so pissed off. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the max on all these people. I'm so so done with this job. I'm so (laughs) done with this fucking state. Uh, We need to get Fucking backwater. We need to send Tom Beale a Christmas present. Case of stag. (laughs) Next story. Massage therapist girlfriend turns him in after finding flash drive of hidden camera footage of his clients. Hmm. A 30-year-old man who worked as a massage therapist in Johnson County, Kansas, has been charged with breach of privacy after police say his girlfriend discovered a flash drive containing disturbing pictures and videos and turned it over to police. Daniel Gorski, age 30, was being held on a $100,000 bond. According to the affidavit, Gorski's girlfriend found a flash drive at his home in Perry, Kansas. She delivered it to the police and told them it contained video of women undressing and in some cases in the nude, unaware they were being recorded at the Matheny Chiropractic Clinic where Gorski worked. I've only got one thing to say to this young lady is snitches get stitches. <laughs> well, listen to this. It gets a little worse. Like, she turned on her man. The girlfriend also brought police a meth pipe that she said belonged to Gorski. When police arrested Gorski at the clinic on October 27th, they found in his possession a small bag of white crystallized substance two and a half unknown pills, and marijuana paraphernalia. Test confirmed the white crystallized substance. Guess it, guys. What do you think? 
something. Methamphetamines. So, oh. Methamphetamines. And the pipe tested positive for marijuana. Gorski was also charged with felony possession of meth and possession of marijuana. Executive directors at the Kansas Board of Healing Arts and the Kansas Board of Cosmetology said massage therapists are neither licensed nor regulated in the state of Kansas. Shocking. Mm -hmm. So they're like every other branch of every other business Mm -hmm. in that state. That's right. Next story. One dead from self-inflicted gunshot wound at Kansas Field of Screams. No other injuries reported. In Wichita, Mays Police and Sedgwick County Sheriff said one man died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound on Friday night at Field of Screams. They said it happened around 10.30 p.m. Police said a man was in an argument with a woman, pulled out a gun, and shot himself. No one else was injured. No word whether it was an intentional shot to I think to all of us here at this uh, podcast studio have been in an argument with a woman that made us want to put a gun <laughs> to our head and shoot ourselves. But, I mean, certainly we wouldn't do that. No. The park was quickly evacuated and closed for the rest of the night. The parks say they... Uh, Most people were just cheering like, wow, this is the best haunted house I've ever <laughs> been to. I was thinking, I was like, did some employee just take this a little too far? You know. Well, there is some conflicting information because it says mm-hmm. the, that while they, they will receive a voucher for the people who missed out on the opportunities, mm-hmm. this other report says, due to the Halloween fright theme of the park, many guests were not aware that the altercation was not part of the entertainment activity. This is the fucking best <laughs> haunted house. I'm telling you, that looks like all it actually blew off. <laughs> Tell all my friends to come back here. Yeah. As such, the wounded man was left unattended and bleeding for several hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Social media sites reveal several Field of Screams patrons posing for selfies with the man's body, <laughs> convinced it was part of a very realistic act. At the conclusion of the evening, Good God. employees of the park... Could you imagine him saying, no, seriously... Take me to the hospital. <laughs> At the conclusion of the evenings, employees of the park also did not recognize anything was amiss and left the corpse for the evening. Oh, for fuck's sake. No wonder he died. Authorities were finally alerted to the incident the following morning when employees were forced to shoo off a coterie of prairie dogs who were gorging on his flesh. <laughs> Please tell me you made that up. No, it's right there in the story. It's in the print. It's on the website. No possible way I can make that up. There you go. All right. <laughs> Possibly the Kansas story of the year. I just picture everything in Kansas. If anything dies, a whole bunch of prairie ducks coming out of nowhere and just, you know, and then just bones left. Like piranhas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Land piranhas. That's what they call prairie dogs. That's definitely a uh, candidate for uh, best Kansas story of the year. Oh. Okay. Our final story of uh, the week is. Well, in epic, epic Kansas news, the Kansas football team, the Jayhawks, actually took on a dwindling Texas team and won the game. I can't believe this. I feel like somebody tweeted or said earlier, I'm I'm taking credit for it, that if you lose to Kansas as a head coach, you automatically lose your job. Well, that has been proven true, as Charlie Strong has been immediately shit canned, which is a good news for Texas. Has because he been this, officially shit Yeah, he has been officially shit canned. Okay. And the, and the, uh, this is good news for Kansas or Texas people because this guy has been middling for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of them that are firmly in the camp of let's get rid of this guy, but. He hasn't really been bad. I mean, it's just kind we, of been. We could use a defensive coordinator if he wants to. Now, this this losing to Kansas is a fireable offense if ever there was one. Yeah. I have never wanted Kansas to win anything ever. But if they're going to win a game, mm-hmm. the best team for them to beat is te- uh, Texas, who has, you know, basically the reason Missouri and Texas A and M and Colorado and Nebraska are no longer part of this conference is this 
jackass railroading that the Big yep. 12 allows Texas to do. And uh, they got beat by Kansas. Mm. That, that can never be erased from history. That happened. The <laughs> it's first Texas Longhorn Network. Do you think they, yeah, I bet they show reruns of that game you know, mm, yeah. over and over? Well, historic. Mm-hmm. It was historic. I mean, I think it was 1938, the last time the uh, Jayhawks actually beat the Longhorns. Well, yeah, to beat the Longhorns and just beat them. When, it's not like the year where Kansas jumped up in the early 2000s. Yeah, where they like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, this is the worst Kansas team in recent memory, even if you don't count last year. Right, and uh, <laughs> they beat Texas. Well, and I do need to point out that um, Kansas fans tore down the goalposts. Mm-hmm. For well, a, rightly so for the first time ever. Beating a non-ranked opponent in a meaningless game. There you go. So for the second time this year, I believe. So basically, I think every time Kansas wins a game... They're going to tear down the goalposts. That's post, right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I did, I did All catch, 47 fans, I believe. <laughs> I, I did catch a slight bit of the post-game interview for Charlie Strong. He had this to say about the game. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the published attendance, I just want to point this out, for that game was 25,000. Well, early on in the, the game. Published. Back. So if you think about that, Missouri games have published, you know, attendance 50. is like 50-ish, and we all know that there's like, half like that 30, there. yeah. Uh, so just wrap yeah. that around your head. The published So 12,000 people saw this epic event. <laughs> it, early on, before the Kansas actually won this game, the biggest story out of this game had been on several media sites, a Kansas fan like in the upper deck in the corner Asleep? under a blanket yeah. sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. It had become a meme. You know what I mean? I like, sure yeah. hope he woke up. <laughs> time to see the end of the game. Yeah. Well, there may have been some cheering, which would have like freaked him out. Cause <laughs> what the fuck is that? What's that sound? What is oh, that? No, I actually have footage of the cheers. Okay. But <laughs> the roaring applause. That yeah. was that was loud for mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. yeah, more than I expected. Yeah. So there you have it. This was pretty How did exciting. How the goalpost down? There you know, <laughs> only 12 people it's hanging on it. I mean, it must have been a job. Somebody just had a hacksaw in there. This, this is <laughs> Kansas. Somebody probably went out to their truck and got their chainsaw out and yeah. came back in. Because <laughs> well, they allowed My in. understanding is the, the goalposts were made out of recycled pallets. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So a yeah. lot of it, there was probably a lot of rot. Yeah. Poor yeah. construction. So mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to take apart. Sure. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. I mean, good Congratulations, Lord. Kansas. Yeah. You deserve it if anybody does. I mean, I'm never happy to see Kansas win a football game, but if they do have Kinda to beat somebody, the fucking Longhorns. You know, the one bad thing about this, though, the Kansas football program can't afford new goalposts. <laughs> no, that's so. true. And well, I tell you what, we've often talked about how. Uh, miserable and awful Tennessee fans are. If there's one fan base that we've at least dealt with in person in the past decade that I would say rivals Tennessee's vitriolic ass-baggery, mm-hmm. I think that's a word, right? It is Texas fans. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Preseason national championship. Mm-hmm. I guess the theme here is that if your logo for your team is a giant T, you're a big fucking ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the proclamation after they beat Notre Dame early on was that Texas was back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm going to walk that statement back Just slightly. like Tennessee is going to win the national title. And the SEC East, hands down, obviously. Mm-hmm. They didn't just not lose the national title. They didn't just not lose the, nas- the SEC title. They didn't win the SEC East title. Yeah, which is, you know, by all accounts, another disarray. Yeah. So you couldn't <laughs> even do it in the worst year of years in the SEC East. Ugh. So even though we got... Thumped. I mean, there is a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is coming, Brennan, mm-hmm. and I think Texas losing, Tennessee being a, a dumpster fire that can't even win the East and one of its most down years ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can all take solace in that. Yeah. So I went up when I eat my sweet potatoes mm-hmm. and my. Uh, well, whatever confections are involved in Thanksgiving, I can't. None just popped to mind at this moment. Um, <laughs> Cran- we can cranberries. <laughs> 
we mashed can, potato yeah. stuffing. We can. Some, well, we can pe- all right. That's all right. What, that's what we eat here in Tennessee. I, I believe it's something called a uh, crow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in Kansas, prairie dog. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not a special occasion, but they do it anyway. Bake the prairie dog with stuffing up its rectum. That's right. That's for, a for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you just take it over the fire that's out back with and, a stick. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, obviously. this was Kansas news. All right, fellas, that was a hoot. Yeah. I guess we ought to talk about football since this is uh, ostensibly a football show. There was a, a lot of activity going on in the rest of the SEC that was of interest, although there were a lot of shit games. So let's dig into them with a little around the horn from the SEC. Jesus loves football. Around the Horn is actually sponsored this week. Am I right, Brian? You are correct. Around the Horn this week is brought to you by Joe Mockins, the best car buying experience in Columbia. Don't believe us? Try to buy a car somewhere else. You can't. They own all the dealerships. Joe Mockins, the auto monopoly. Columbia is forced to buy a car. Thank you, Joe Mockins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, fire up the old Paul Feinbach column. Would you do the honors? Yes, sir. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you. Let's get started. All right, thanks. Okay. Uh, well, let's start off with some. It was a cupcake week, by the way. It was cupcake mm-hmm. week Weirdly. in the SEC. Yeah. yeah let's Everybody. blow through this. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just hammer through the shitty one. So Georgia knocked off Louisiana La- Lafayette. Sure. I think that's okay. how you pronounce it. <laughs> Lafayette. <laughs> Lafayette. Thirty-five twenty-one. Texas A&M beat. UT San Antonio, I think. I don't know. <laughs> 23 to 10. Barely one. South Carolina beat Western Carolina, 44. Mm-hmm. Not a state. 31. I know, but you would think. Anyway, Kentucky, after, by the way, that game didn't start off great for Kentucky. They no, were down they were 10 to nothing. Playing Austin P, am Austin I right? Austin P. And yeah. Austin P has a horrible record as well. They, they are. are. They're bad in their own shitty division. 0 and 10. Yeah. But but Kentucky storms back forty nine thirteen. Out number one Alabama, the best Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Yep. Uh, knocked off Chattanooga in a little bit of a slow start. Technically, I think Alabama was losing the game for a couple no. Of minutes. No. That, that I don't agree. I'm, okay. <laughs> okay. Paul. Well, it was thirty one three Alabama. Combative. Nick Saban. Yeah, he he won the game, Paul. And then Auburn just destroyed Alabama and M55 to zero. And then that gets us into the actual SEC matchups, mm-hmm. which didn't really matter again, most of them. But Vandy knocks off Old Miss. Yeah, shocker. That was Vandy, especially coming off of a loss to us. By the law of transit property, we are now better than Old Miss. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that was a strange one. Uh, Arkansas, 58, Mississippi State, who just is. Continues to battle for that worst SEC spot mm-hmm. in the uh, West. Forty-two. Yeah, don't don't take our spot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, yeah. I would say I would say it was Vanderbilt, but they just beat Old Miss. So we we own it in the East. Mississippi Miss State owns it in the West. Yeah. yeah, but then the the one real SEC game this weekend which had any kind of consequence was the Florida LSU game. Um, I, this was the rescheduled game from the Hurricane, and they, it was supposed to be played in Florida. They moved it to LSU later, which to Florida fans, that was a huge mistake. And, I don't agree. Okay, Paul, <laughs> you're literally the only one then. But this game came down to the wire, came in the last second. The, the, the East was on the line. The East was on the line. LSU had the ball in the one-yard line, like third and one. Yeah, they made two at, consecutive. 20 seconds left or something like that. Two consecutive um, goal line stands for, LSU, for Florida. Florida stops them both times, wins the game 16-10, and clinches 
the SEC, SEC East, East, which I predicted. Is still the pick to win the SEC No, Paul. <laughs> no, no, Paul. Oh, God damn it. We cooked him. Yeah. Well, Paul's done I, for this I'm, segment. I don't even know where I am anymore. Yeah, that's all right. Well, I'm just going to shut him down. Um, you don't, there's, really broken. there's two big winners here. Uh-huh. There's Florida, who wins the East. Yeah, which um, good for them. And, and, I, mean, I don't agree. Stabs, uh, well, he's back. It stabs uh, Tennessee in the ass, which we all enjoy. The other big winner for me is LSU, because... Ogeron was making a real push to be their head coach, which I think would have been a bad fucking idea. <laughs> and yeah. now this kind of gives LSU the uh, leaves the door open for LSU to start interviewing some other people. Because mm. yeah, I think Ogeron is a flash in the pan, like you know, fire and uh, lightning in a bottle, midseason coach. You know, Ugh. I don't think he's the future of a blue chip program. And I, I think this gives LSU all the excuse in the world to say, no thanks, Ogeron. That's yes, true. sir. It does give it gives the school cover to yeah to seek say out something beat it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was shocking. I mean, it, I was a huge Florida fan. I mean, um, uh, yeah. I just wanted Tennessee to go down one way or another. Yeah. Obviously, the best case scenario would have been us to beat Tennessee as well, and that would uh, somebody tweeted the absolute fucking dumpster fire if Tennessee not only didn't. Yeah, I think. If Tennessee had lost to Missouri, it would have been a Charlie Strong Kansas situation. I think losing the East and then losing to a three and seven Missouri team would have been the end of the Butcher Jones mm, era. We could have done right it. that moment yeah. in Tennessee. All right. Well, what's on the docket for next week? I guess the final week of the regular season of college football. That's right. And obviously, we'll get to the Missouri game because that's going to be on Friday. Mm-hmm. So don't forget about that. But LSU is going to take on Texas A and M. Mm-hmm. And a good SEC matchup. I'd say LSU, uh, I think Texas A&M is uh, having the wheels fall off, as they always do late in the season. Yeah, LSU may be devastated by what happened this weekend, but I don't think. I mean, A&M barely beat a non-con opponent, 23-10. to 10. I mean, yeah. not that great of a game. Well, is A&M going to have their quarterback back? Is he out for the season? I, I, I don't know. Who cares? LSU. <laughs> That's he right, was the one, yeah. LSU, I think, will win that game. Uh, Georgia will take on Georgia Tech in the Georgia Bowl. I think Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech hasn't had a great season, but uh, mm-hmm. Georgia has not either, and Georgia Tech has kind of owned Georgia for the last couple of years, and yeah. I look for that to continue. Paul? Georgia. Yeah, of course. shocker. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the the Homer SEC pick. They're both 7-4, and four, so who knows. And then Louisville takes on Kentucky in a game, which Louisville, coming mm. off of a bad loss. That was an inexplicably bad weekend. loss. That yeah. was a fucking complete dismantling by a Houston team. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, goodbye, Coach Herman. Uh, You're off to Texas, guaranteed. Yeah, Tom Herman really polished his uh, resume with that win. Yeah. If if te- if Texas could hire him this moment, they would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's It's over. Mm-hmm. Who do you have to win this one, Paul? Kentucky. Really? Wow. <laughs> he, he is a homer. The SEC he loves the Recalibrate him a little uh-huh. bit there. Mississippi State take on Ole Miss in a battle of the Oof. the worst of the West. The Rotten Egg Bowl. Get it? But on bumps. I think Ole Miss will win. <laughs> well, our big fan base. I think Ole Miss is going to win that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Ole Miss, I suppose. Ole Miss. Okay. Clemson taking on the South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rivalry ought, week. Clemson ought to pound a, the dog shit out of mm-hmm. South Carolina, I would think. Yep, yep. South Carolina. Wow, he is <laughs> seriously. I mean, I'm taking him back to the wood shop. I'm, I'm going to have to work on him a little bit. He's, uh, he, I've tried to calibrate him so he's, you know, obviously stilted towards the SEC. But I may have turned him up a little high. Yeah. I don't agree. Yeah. Well, Paul, we're going to talk about that in the lab later. <laughs> Tennessee taking on Vandy in the Battle of the Tennessee. Yeah. So Tennessee not 
looking great. Vandy coming off a decent win. Anybody oh think it's possible? I'll be I'll, a Vandy fan. It'll. I will be a Vandy fan, and I hope they win because I think it will fire Butch Jones. Actually, I don't. I, like I said, I've often lobbied for Butch Jones to be the coach of Tennessee in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, who do you think about this? Who will win this game? Tennessee is still the pick to win the SEC East. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, no, boy. they're not, Paul. Yeah, Colin, you've got a lot of work. I do. Here. I do. Okay, I, I give up. You're right. I'm wrong. In this case, I think we are. Yeah. I really feel like there's not much argument to be made. Facts. I mean, it's not even opinion at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's two big big games. One really big game, but another one that I think is going to be interesting to watch. The first one is Florida-Florida State, mm-hmm. which, again, Florida riding high. You won the East. Granted, not pretty, but you won the yep. East. Do you know um, Florida State's record this year? I haven't really followed them even that eight and three, mm-hmm. and they're, they're ranked. They're so competitive. They're competitive. Fairly decent. So I think it'll be a good game. I also think this is a game where it, it tests. I mean, so there are there are SEC East champions, and if you lose to Florida State, there are going to be a lot of people saying, see how bad the SEC is mm-hmm. type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and there, but there is a there's also the risk. And if, if Florida can look ahead, I mean, I, it's, I think it's hard to look ahead over your fucking state rival, but, mm-hmm. you know, they've got Alabama on the other side of this in the, for the SEC championship, so there might be a look-ahead factor. Dare we even ask Paul what he thinks about this game, who will win? Sure, why not? Florida. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I think I'm going to take Florida State. I, I think that the the East is just bad this year. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm I'm picking the upset. And then the final SEC matchup, and this is the one that that everyone is going to tune into, or at least you should. If you don't, you're an idiot. And that is Alabama Auburn. Alabama. 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 You didn't even let me finish the the game there. Alabama. <laughs> Well, the, I don't disagree. In the Iron Bowl. With, I don't disagree with Paul, unfortunately, on this one. I don't think there's any. I don't see a team in the fucking country that can hang with Alabama right now. Nick Saban. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean Auburn is. You said that was the last game, Brian. But there is one more SEC game that I we keep, need to talk about. You know, every time I do this now, I just keep trying to drop the Missouri game. You can't do just it. to it's, see. It's a Missouri show, Brian. We it's have maybe, to talk about the Tigers. It's the greatest rivalry in college football. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, yes, fine. There's one more game, and that is the Missouri Tigers taking on our um, shitty to the south team. I don't know, whatever. Missouri's if you, toilet. If you've Arkansas. not seen, there you go. If you've not seen the beautiful illustration done by Brendan, I'm sure he will be tweeting it on the Mazadcast. Follow it's an the Mazadcast on Twitter. Yep, it sure is. Um, and you will understand what that the toilet seat of Missouri means. But Missouri takes on Arkansas at Missouri on Friday at 1:30. Yeah, I'm excited. Mm, are you excited? I'm very excited to watch this game. Really, I honestly am, just because Missouri's been playing better the last couple of games. Not on defense. A, not on defense, but I'm. you know what I mean? They're showing me things, and I feel like there's a chance they could win this game, honestly. I probably won't get to watch it. My wife will make me hang up Christmas lights uh, <laughs> instead. But, um, you know, when I when and if I do get to watch it, I'm, I'm excited to see how our Tigers fare against a very middling Arkansas team. Really, I feel like we can score with anybody, and uh, if our defense can find any toehold at any point in this game, I think we could win. <laughs> Fuck off, Paul. Yeah, I don't know. Arkansas, They granted, they haven't been playing great as of late, but they're very similar in that so the Allen, their quarterback on lock, have almost identical numbers for the season. 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So I think I think both teams are going through that kind of quarterback. Like we got a great, we don't have a great quarterback. We got a great, we don't have. Listen, a good I just feel like with Crockett and Strong and Witter, and uh, we got a great running game. And uh, if our defense can can even, I mean, they don't have to play great with you know when our offense playing as well as it has, and our running game being as well doing as well as it has, they don't have to play out of this world. They just got to play 
you know, serviceably, and I think we could win this game. I don't agree. I don't expect a lot of people to agree with me, Paul, but I feel yeah. optimistic for some reason. I'm, I'm actually, I'm with Paul on this one. I this, a, a lot of the second half of the season to me, being the the pessimist on the show compared to the two of you, mm-hmm. is is that I want to see the Tigers improve in certain areas as we go forward, and I think we've found a running back in Crockett. So I agree with you in that sense, and but what I the point I want to make is. Missouri needs something to go into the offseason with. You don't have to win this game, but you have to you can't let up 63 points. You know what I mean? You've got to find something to end your season on. And I don't know what that I don't I do not think it will be a win, but I just hope it's a you know, okay, locked it and throw any interceptions and our defense played okay and you know, well, I something win. like that. I'm the eternal optimist as we all know. Mm. I want to win. I just don't think we will. <laughs> I, I like that bet. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I guess that'll do it for this week. I mean, everything's locked up. Florida's going to take on Alabama in the SEC title game in a couple weeks and yep. we're feeding Florida. For the annual Atlanta bloodletting <laughs> at the hands of Alabama. <laughs> That's right. They're going to rip their fucking throats out. So I guess until then, this has been Around the Horn. Should we get right into the awards segment? Let's do it. Okay. The first uh, honor I guess we have is in honor of uh, TJ Moe, our former receiver for the Douche of the Week. Yep. Douche of the Week. So I, uh, I have a strong contender, maybe the only contender this week for Douche of the Week this time, fellas. Uh, tell me if you agree. It is a columnist for the Knoxville News Sentinel who penned a little article basically outlining why West Virginia should be in the SEC and Missouri should be kicked out and i don't know if you saw the west virginia versus oklahoma game last night no i didn't it went really well for west virginia right um i fell asleep last i saw it was i think 38 to 0 oklahoma okay so um, no it didn't but but by god they deserve the sec well this is off off obviously a trolling piece by this uh, john adams i mean because if you like i said if you stack up these two teams uh for the last five years mizzou has more wins they have more head-to-head wins even after last night Mm -hmm. and uh two more sec titles (laughs) so i mean if if you're going to make this ridiculous argument, and it is, uh-huh. that you could make it just as easily, if not more easily, for Tennessee to be kicked out. Well, one of those points he made was that he, he is predicting that Missouri will go 1-7 and seven in conference for the second straight year, and that alone is evidence that they should be removed. Now, I will remind John Adams, that uh, no, no relation to the president, that uh, Tennessee in 2010 and 2011, not that long ago— Went one and seven in conference. Consecutive years. Consecutive years. The exact same argument for removing Missouri is applicable to Tennessee. Oh, and by the way, Bullshit. I don't did we I mentioned this did I just mention this a few seconds ago? We have two SEC East titles. Oh, do we? Yeah, in the last five years. Oh, okay. as opposed to Well, I'm sure Tennessee has zero. Too. Oh, they have zero. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I thought yeah, I mean, they're, they're so good. There may have been a lot of candidates for douche of the week this week, but this guy is I mean, takes the cake. hmm yeah. yeah. John Adams, you are absolutely this week's Douche of the week. Douche of the week. Okay, so let's move on. We've got the player of the game award, and this is going to be a real suspense-riddled uh, issue, I'm sure. The majesty and grandeur of this football player can only be described by Kurt Farmer's beautiful mane of hair, mm-hmm. and that is why this award is known as Kurt Farmer's hair player of the game. There's a handful of candidates, but really only one candidate at the yeah. end of the day. I think this will be what third consecutive time. Yeah, Demario Crockett is an absolute running back machine mm-hmm. <laughs> and king of the wild frontier, obviously, as Brian was humming to you. But uh, 225 yards sets Mizzou's all-time freshman rushing more than record that. and is now in double-digit 
touchdowns for the season. So 225 mm-hmm. yards. And 1,000 yards and rushing. Thousand over 1,000 yards rushing, double-digit touchdowns. Breaks uh, Brad Smith's record for most yards by a freshman. It's in, what gets me about this is imagine if, like, in the first four or five games, if they would have let him run yeah. instead of mm-hmm. – I mean, he did all of this basically on half a season. Yeah. I mean, you have to – I had said something on Twitter. I mean, you can't really fault Odom's staff for, like, not putting him out there time after time, the first two or three – You know, it's a fumble tr- when he got a couple he, chances he, early exactly. on. Exactly. And, and, I mean, his first two or three games, you may know he's got talent, but he's a true freshman. You mm-hmm. just can't imagine that he's going to be the kind of beast that he has become. But, uh, thankfully, as time has passed, we keep seeing more and more and more snaps yeah. go to Crockett. Yeah. And every time we do – I mean – if it's third and five and we run Crockett, I think we're going to get a first down. He's, I mean, out, of, he's out of Arkansas, too. No, Stolen out of the backyard of, of the Razorbacks, and, but the Razorbacks were not recruiting him. No, Boise the State biggest, was. Yeah, the biggest. We, we stole him from Boise State. Yeah, he was, Boise State was the biggest competition. Yeah. He, well, would, he would look good running against that blue field. Mm, wouldn't he now? Mm. They, they, they talked like um, he's more than excited to go up against the Razorbacks, who would not recruit him. And yeah, I think oh. he would have easily gone to Arkansas if they'd have taken him. Yeah, I mean, it's his hometown team and now they're his uh rival you know speaking of rivals i don't really keep up with the recruiting like a lot of fans do mm-hmm. but i'm why the fuck weren't they after this guy I my god know. i yeah. don't know i mean if he's 18 19 years old and he can do this kind of work on a middling offense well missouri wasn't really late in the game yeah because they it was, mentioned it was three josh schools. josh heupel kind of came at the last minute and sort of took him away from boise state yeah there were three schools that were basically after him boise state Navy and Army. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this guy is a perfect example of how a diamond in the rough can be missed by these programs. So uh, thank God they did miss him because mm-hmm. he is going to be a wonderful addition to this Tiger football he's, team for years to come. He's given us something to hang He's given season. me an erection. Yeah. All right. And I but haven't had one of those <laughs> all season long, at least yeah. as, as it pertains to football. Well, mm. maybe other ways too. Anyway. In an otherwise abysmal season, it had got us something to be excited about. And I mean, good Lord, you know, three years, possibly three more years of him. You know, running backs are not highly drafted anymore. Yeah, they're not. You don't usually go out early. So, I mean, very rarely. And and if he is the type of running back who is a potential guy who could be drafted that high, then good on us. My God, he's got a high upside. So congratulations to uh, Demaria Crockett. You once again are this week's Kurt Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. I'm king of the wild frontier. Okay, Brian. I think it's time for your Tweet of the Week. That's right. And uh, remember, the, the qualifications in order to win the Mazadcast Tweet of the Week is you have to include us. Is that a qualification? It, it I've is. I've never heard that heard before. Well, I, I just made it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some really good tweets that, that the Mazadcast retweeted, but you know we can't give you the Tweet of the Week unless you take that intentionality. So there's a little bit of a conversation going on about um, – Someone commenting that it's possible Tennessee isn't very good this year, which strange, strange, right? And uh, Tim, who is at underscore Tim Odin, he tweeted at us saying, "Man, according to the fans, they should have won the national title." So that that was that's the honorable mention for this week. Okay. Because okay. I was about to say that's a terrible, terrible winner. <laughs> because crickets. Because that is what we have been saying for. I don't. It's good that someone else is picking up on it because I don't know how often we have said. Their fans have just ridiculous expectations for Tennessee. I agree with that. But 
Thank you for that. So the, the winner comes from, I think he's won one of these a couple times, actually. Uh, Todd Franklin, Tiger underscore Todd one. He's got some solid tweets, a lot of good, good on his Twitter game this week. This one, I think, was one of his better ones, and it's my pick for the tweet of the week. He says, at Mazodcast, three straight PATs. I've never been this excited about a PAT. <laughs> that is true. That it's, is true. It's so sad, but that, that's what I'm putting out there for, the, for this week's tweet. Of the week. I just want to take this time to mention that me and Brennan do not endorse Brian's tweets of the week. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, there, there is one that d- wasn't sent to us, but I did enjoy. I, I laughed sure. with my word mouth laughing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, how, That's how laughing works. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, Army of Mike, at Army of Mike, oh, yeah. <laughs> wrote uh, Dobbs versus Charles Harris. Alien versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. pretty good. Which, by the way, great Twitter name. Yeah. Army of Mike, mm-hmm. great Twitter name. So. Again, Again, not Brian. Anything right. that Brian says. <laughs> so I think it's about time we wrap it up. But I do one thing I wanted to point out because we haven't mentioned it in a while. Stickers, Mazodcast stickers, we still got mm-hmm. them. If you're interested in a Mazodcast sticker, please email us, mazodcast at gmail.com or tweet to us. We're happy to oblige at, at Mazodcast. We'll send out stickers across the planet. We've mm-hmm. done it before. We sent one as far as Australia. Mm-hmm. Well, so. we send one to uh, Dobbs' home planet. <laughs> I don't know what posting at the address. Is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what postage is for that. Sounds like Dobbs' family's coming here. Uh, yeah, I don't that's think we've got to worry about it. <laughs> Could you imagine alien spaceships are coming in, landing, you know, oh my God, and there's a Mazodcast sticker on the window. <laughs> there's certainly going to be a Tennessee volunteer sticker mm-hmm. on the back window. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, until then, I guess, fellas, uh, that's pretty much, you got anything else to add? Nope. Give us an iTunes review, uh, follow us on Twitter, and email us and all that good jazz, and uh, that's it. All right, well, until then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Snitches get stitches.